You are listening to Beyond the Verse, a Star Citizen podcast. A show dedicated to Cloud Imperium games, Star Citizen and Squadron 42. Whether you fight, explore, unite, and or trade, we bring you news, updates, interviews, reviews, and analysis. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a pour of Radagast, and join us as we go Beyond the Verse. Launch sequence activated. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 28 of Beyond the Verse Star Citizen podcast. I am your host, Solus, and tonight we are naming this episode The Ticket. I think for obvious reasons, but this last week we had two major drops with CitizenCon and, of course, the F8C Lightning, both of which involve uh, tickets. So there you go. That's how my brain works. (laughs) Welcome, man. Thank you for letting us into your place of... um, your car, your workout, however you're listening to this podcast. And if you're over on YouTube, you get to see my ugly mug. And you get to see the ugly mugs of our special guests today from the Star Jump Org, both Grim and Ender. So let's welcome Grim and Ender. How you doing, gentlemen? Doing, doing wonderful. Well. How are you? Yeah, I uh, appreciate the invite. Abso- absolutely. There's many reasons why I had y'all join us for this episode. Uh, but I think the most obvious is this brand new ship the F8C Lightning. And when I think ship, I think of the fleet viewer. And when I think of fleet viewer, there you are. So. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Yeah, what's there, but. Impact. <laughs> you, you absolutely have. And we'll get into a little bit about that uh, here in a couple of seconds. Um, actually, let's get into it right now. I think it's a great segue. When I joined uh, Star Citizen, this is last year around Invictus 2952. One of one of the very first tools that was introduced to me was the Fleet Viewer. Um, it was it's this idea, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna insult you all by by giving a little summary. But <laughs> um, World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft came out with the Armory. It was something that you could download onto your phone, and when you're not in game, I see you laughing, Ender. <laughs> There's a reason. I, oh, I'll get into why in a minute. I, I would love to hear it. We're but like big Warcraft players, so we are. There you go. There you go. Um, but that was like the coolest thing for me as a gamer is I didn't have to be in game to yeah. see my character, to share my character, and so I started yeah. falling in love with external tools, things that you could do outside of the game. So I told Conniff, episode one, y'all recognize Conniff, he was a guest speaker. Um, We talked about uh, the Pledge Store and all things Star Citizen and how sexy that website is and all the things you can do with Galactopedia and the star map, etc. And then he introduced me to the Fleet Viewer. So I'm going to shut up for a couple of seconds. (laughs) What is the Fleet Viewer, and why should everybody, if you don't already know, why should everybody know about the Fleet Viewer? Grim, do you want your answer or my answer first? (laughs) Let's go with your answer first, and then then I'll follow on mine. Um, The Fleet Viewer is a tool uh, born of a much larger idea that is still definitely an idea. Um, But it was a tool that Grimm put together uh, in a 
very, very beautiful way um, with the team at Starlet and VMXEO uh, helping out quite a bit uh, and me patting them all on the back and saying good job. Um, <laughs> because I, I didn't have a skill set that was going to be good for um, uh, Fleet Viewer, um, except for being able to shout out uh, every time we talked about it. But the idea was brought together of a high fidelity, um, usable fleet viewer that wasn't a competition because actually, uh, Grim will say it too, we, we, we are not in competition with any other fleet viewers. In fact, I think you should use them both. I do. Um, yeah. But had, several out there and we were, we're, yeah. we're friends with them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but the idea was to bring 2D ships uh, into a, a fleet viewer. You could put your fleet together and really do something with it. And I think yeah. Grim and, and Starlet and V, I mean, they all knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was born out of accident because the, fir- the, the I guess to understand how fleet viewer came to be and sort of what it is, it sort of goes back to what Star Jump started off as, which was a, it was always envisioned to be sort of a creative collective, right? We didn't want to be like, a one content creator where you know it's all about that person this was more of a collective and we knew we would be adding people to that collective over time people that had skill sets or interesting ideas even that we we wanted to be associated with so they sort of come under the umbrella one of the first projects we did were the star jump cinematics that was something that i'm i essentially did all myself although ender uh was a huge help in helping propagate that out to the community in terms of just a, you know being being a, he's shaking his head but being a hype man because as you know yeah. you know it's it you, it's it's one thing to do the thing yeah but then you yep. have to make sure people know about you doing it um, but so i did these cinematics and i had to build these ships in 3d and a lot of these ships were concept ships so people had never seen them fully textured and then it was just one day i was looking at all the ships i had and i said you know what i've got about 60 ships built what would it take to build out all the ships and then program that into something that people could view their fleets. And I used Starship 42 a lot, which is the 3D kind of ship fleet viewer, uh, which is a great tool as well. And and I really enjoyed it, but there were some things about it that um, were problematic, especially if you had large fleets. And I thought, well, I think we, I thought, well, we could do it a little bit differently um, and still accomplish the fleet viewer goals, but maybe we have different uh, technical goals than Starship 42 and, and Lunfacy over there is a friend of mine and, and, and a great dude but they rely obviously on full 3D camera control yeah. but low fidelity right and and that's a great thing to have I love spinning around my ships and all that <laughs> stuff where we where we went the opposite direction which was uh, very little camera control but extremely high fidelity right so yeah. it, there's trade-offs and um so so the tool was kind of born out of that and and like ender said there's a much bigger idea there actually there was a much originally there was a much bigger and broader concept for it was sort of an app slash website or whatever and fleet viewers kind of part of that but i would say it's like 20 yep. percent of it of the original yeah. idea yep. um and and now we're exploring how to bring those the other parts of that online in a different way. So, I, um, primarily, it's it's Star Jump. We're always looking on like how to do unique projects that no one else is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not that we have anything against 
you know, someone reading the no. the news that week. It's just there's so many people that do that well yeah. that we're like, what can we offer that's different, right? <laughs> so sure. we find these tools and, and, and stuff to be our, our kind of sweet spot. The only yep. issue with those tools is it takes a lot of time to create them. <laughs> you know, they're not something you can bang out every week. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. And when you say you're you're looking uh, uh, to ways to improve, it, it, it means you're on to something. It means you're growing your product. Yeah. Uh, are you suggesting that there's something in the pipeline? I tend to I tend to peek yeah. up whenever I hear those yeah, things. Yeah, there's Yeah, there's definitely something in the pipeline. We have yeah. an active working um uh we have a lot of stuff on the back end that's already been developed that is yeah you know, needing work to, to sort of fully build it out. But the next project is already fully concepted. And, you know, we want a project after that and a project after that. We want to constantly yeah. create new tools. And as the game matures, yeah. and especially as when the game gets to a point where um, real add-ons can be created for the game and stuff, I could I could see us doing add-ons and mods and, and, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I think ultimately, though, our goal is to always do create content for the Star Citizen community, but yeah. do it in a unique way. That's that's kind yeah. of our a unique way and a high, and, and at a high quality bar. Those yeah. are kind of the ethos we started Star Jump on. So whether it's Fleet Viewer, which we are always trying to improve, um, yeah. and we're always monitoring metrics. We you know we 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 take bug reports and stuff. Um, and you know we do our updates every time Citizen Con or Invictus or, or something rolls around. Um, yeah. So whenever you do projects like this, it's not about just creating it, but you have to create a sustainable update, um, you know, path for its future, you know, so that you don't just abandon the project in six months. So there's a lot of oh, yeah. there's a lot of thought that goes into it, but we're always thinking about how to improve the experience, right? Whether it's Fleet Viewer or the next or the next project, you know? Yeah, if, if you ask me, you nailed it. Uh, I mean, just, just a personal, like, fan Thank of the you. product, like, I think you absolutely nailed it. And the, like, the backgrounds you can set, you know, behind yeah. your, like, all of it is just user-friendly. It's very easy. I'm about to show, yeah. like, a, a kind of a how-to here in a little bit for those of you on YouTube, but it's very intuitive, and I think it's a very good product. Um, Ender, if I were to ask you who the audience is, like, who... Who would want? Who would? Who needs Flea Viewer? Like, what is the target audience, and how how is it best used by the community? Um, I mean, anybody that plays Star Citizen, anybody that has a ship or or a list of ships that they want, or just a ship they like looking at. To be honest with you, that's that's the target audience. That's who needs it. Um, I think I think that even if you're showing the game off it's a really good way of showing people stuff about the game yep without having to go to like youtube and stuff like that you can just yep. pop it up load up your your ships and go look this is it but then there's and then you can load all the ships there's all this coming uh you know to talk about what the project is yeah uh, but mostly it's it's really good for showing off fleets and uh, all the fleet picks right naming your, <laughs> yeah. your ships and, and, and yeah absolutely and there's a there's another aspect to it as well in that the ships in Star Citizen are the players are the players vehicle and I'm using that word in a, in a generic way yeah. are the are the players vehicle for 
operating within this verse, not in terms of just getting A to B, but in terms of your career paths, your, your, um, you know, what you do on a nightly basis. So whether it's, you know, you're going to get out and just fly around or you're going to go down to the landing zone or whatever, it's always structured around ships. So the ships are, are really everything in this game. Um, they are what tap into the gameplay loop. So you may say, well, I don't, I'm not big on ships, but I want to do mining. Well, you're going to do mining in a ship or a vehicle. So those things are important. And so one thing I think fleet viewer does communicate probably better than how I just uh, said it was, is that it, 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 communicates the scope of the game right mm. so it communicates all the things we're going to be able to do it yeah. communicates the scope of scale right so the very tiny you know all the way from the mule to the retribution and that's not and, and that stuff isn't like meaningless if you look at gaming today whether it's uh, an fps game like call of duty you're gonna have people asking how many maps are there how many yeah. weapons are there? Is there weapon customization? People are looking for depth. They're looking for expansiveness. Yeah. If it's if it's Starfield, people are asking like, how many systems can you explore? Right? Right. Are the ship built? Is the ship building infinite? Whether people actually ever experience all that, right. they want to know it's all there, right? Because it yeah. makes them feel like they're a part of something bigger. Absolutely. And I think fleet, that's something Fleet Viewer does is it shows you the scope of the game. It shows you. You know, you can easily see by populating a whole bunch of ships down, you can see, you get a wide cross-section cross of information. You get a good idea of how many manufacturers are in-game. You yep. get a window into there being alien um, races in-game. Yep. You get a window into all the different career paths, salvage, mining, this and that. Um, so, and then there's also the scale thing, like I just said, Fury to Retribution. So just from looking at ships, you get a lot of information about this game. Yeah. Even if you never went to the website, right? So um, I think that's one reason people like fleet viewers. And then the other reason is just that um, the, what you said about these tools, right? There's a game outside of a game yeah. uh, going on with, with some of the best games, you know? And, and sometimes that's done in different ways. You know, one game um, myself and Ender used to play pretty heavily uh, was Arma 3. And while Arma 3... I wouldn't say it's a tools thing. Arma 3 has an extremely vibrant mod community, right? And the mods, playing Arma 3 modded is almost like playing a different game than Arma 3. So that the, the whole mod culture around that game is sort of the game outside the game, right? Absolutely. And um, so I, I, think, I think games that plan on having a long-term staying power and like a long life expectancy to their you know to, to the games uh you know the games operating life cycle you know whether it's skyrim for 10 years or whatever <laughs> they need this stuff outside of the main game to yep. survive you know yep. whether it's gta modding uh with 5m which we know rockstar is purchased now rockstar is partnering with 5m you yep. know there's real value in these outside tools and i think um that's just becoming more prevalent with these games that you know have to be around for a long time yeah yeah, I think the snapshot into the diversity of the types of ships, like you said, the roles, the different things yeah. you can do in the game, you can literally take one screenshot of your product and be yeah. able to tell the entire story of Star sure. Citizen. And that's yeah. that's rare. I don't even think 
the website does that, like robertspaceindustries.com, you actually have to go through and read narrative. But if you take a yeah. screenshot of the 40, I think I have 42 ships at this point, but if you take that screenshot of my 42 ships, you can have a whole dialogue, a whole one hour episode yeah. of Beyond the Verse podcast talking about these ships and what the capability is and what we're building. And then, and then you can go into the object container streaming and persistent entity sure. streaming and why these ships matter because the game yep. is about ships. As much yeah, as and, go ahead, and, and and another thing to think about it is like even even countering negative information out there. So for example, you know every now and then it, it pops up naturally in Star Citizen. You start hearing the complaints about ships aren't created fast enough. They're never going to get through the backlog. There's thirty three thousand years of ship development ahead of them. But one of the quickest things I learned working on Fleet Viewer, especially dealing with all the ship modeling, was damn they've built they've there's a lot of flight ready ships <laughs> it doesn't seem Absolutely. like that but the amount of ships they've churned through is it's extensive yes they still got a lot to make but they've really there's a lot of ships they've completed yeah. and remember some yeah. of the ships they've completed still aren't available to us but they are done essentially yeah um yeah. so th that's another that's another thing fleet viewer can be great for and, and help communicate is the the scope of work that has been completed. And that's just on the ship side with Star Citizen. Obviously it goes well beyond that with Star Citizen developers in terms of, you know, planetary services, location, systems, tools, render, you know, all, all the other stuff. But yeah. just taking that one slice that is ships, you can see the scope that has been created thus far. And it's 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 extensive, I know, because there was a lot of nights up till 4 a.m. modeling <laughs> ships that I was going, damn, they, they've really, they've, they've got a lot of ships. Yeah. And there's a lot flight ready. You know, I can tell you right now, a nice little um, fleet viewer factoid. Um, and and, I, and I, I should probably do this anyway, since we're talking about fleet viewer. Um, VMXEO and, and Starlet also worked on fleet viewer. Starlet kind of pulled all the pieces together and created the actual interface that you're interfacing yeah. with um and and how it works in conjunction with me i kind of worked with her and how how that should flow out but she's the actual one that coded everything and then vmxeo who is part of starfab um the starfab team which developed the starfab tool which is unbelievable um yeah. we split the duties of ship creation um really from we essentially it was flight ready ships would go through VM and concept ships would go through me and I gotta tell you it was about an even split actually I did I did end up doing a lot of flight ready ships as well but yeah. at the end of the day it ended up being about 60 ships done through Starfab and all the rest were done through me which was like another 65 ships or so and it was a year and a half of creating ship art um, through those two systems um, so again, just I always like to do a big shout out to to VMXEO yeah. and the other Starfab members. To be honest with you, James Stormtrooper yeah. and Inventivar, um, you can find their Easter egg ships and Fleet Viewer, um, and then of course Starlet and uh, for for help putting all of the mess together. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it was definitely a team effort. Definitely a team effort. Yeah, I think, I think Ender got one too. Yeah, yep. Not mistaken. <laughs> yep. And they're gonna and they're gonna ship. Get the, get the shout out ship. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Yep. So so another function of the tool, and I will screen share here in a couple of seconds, one the is is the hanger link or it's the um 
Uh, it's the, it's the information that you can upload from the hanger. And what's funny, yeah. if, if if this is your first time listening to Beyond the Verse podcast for 27 episodes now, I've told you how of a nerd I am. Amazon, I'm a senior product manager, all <laughs> things like pivot table, power pivot table. I get into the nonsense of Excel. I actually built out my hanger into an Excel spreadsheet and had all the categories. I had it pivot tabled <laughs> out. It was super sexy. And then some jackass um, decided to introduce me to y'all's you know hanger link um the again the hanger oh, information i'm like oh it's <laughs> it's already there so now i feel like an yeah. idiot <laughs> and it's so much of a better uh product than what i was what i was going to create and i think this is a really good segue if one of y'all would like to coach me through i am going to walk viewers on youtube through the hanger link both tools um i'll yep. give kind of what what i do and how i use it but we have the subject matter experts here what better way uh to have them coach the audience through yep. so let's, and, and i'll say too that yeah. hanger link started off as starlet's thing that and, and she kind of uh, built all that and managed it and then when we came up with fleet viewer it just seemed like a natural fit to, to put them on the same platform and, and allow them to work with each other yes. and a lot of people will sometimes say well why don't you have uh the yellow corsair paint and fleet viewer and that's actually <laughs> the reason is is because of hangerlink mm. hangerlink operates off of SKUs, so everything that mm. is a skew is is listed paints aren't a skew they're um it's not a ship skew interesting but certain ships with alternate paints are an actual skew so those are the only ones we do because we have to have fleet viewer work with hangerling yeah right? it's it now we can go outside of that but those would be considered easter egg ships or, or supporter ships is what we call them internally essentially ships that are not part of the cig skew list but are still represented in fleet viewers so that's a big reason why we don't have every paint done yeah um, in addition to it being a lot of work but the primary reason is because it's not tying into the skews from hangar link that makes yeah. that makes total sense not to mention there's like yep. way too many paints to keep track of so i yeah. don't necessarily yeah. care <laughs> uh yeah. to not necessarily have it but yeah. um but so oh. hangar link does have yeah. a, a direct effect on fleet viewer and and what we create for fleet viewer yeah. it makes sense um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. So for those of you on podcast, the link literally is just hanger.link. For those of you on YouTube, obviously you are seeing my screen share. Please, one of you tell me if something is jacked up because I can't see from my angle. So here we go. <laughs> uh, hanger yeah, you can use uh, hanger.link or yeah. starjumpfleetviewer.com. Both links will take you yep. directly to here. Yeah. Good call. Good call. So first off, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I see this like disclaimer up here that says like you're not affiliated with Cloud Import Imperium Games. Look, it, it, I want to recommend officially uh, through my platform, <laughs> they should totally absorb your effort and your product into what they're doing. Like, I think it'd, it'd be well, the perfect application to join the star map and Galactopedia. I, I, I will do um, real quick, and I know you want to jump in. Oh, I will say real quick that CIG has been incredibly supportive. Awesome. Um, when, very, we, very when, supportive. We launched, when we launched it, um, it did not take long before we were contacted by community managers and Good. then essentially CIG lawyers at that point. Um, there were some concerns about some of the Squadron 42 stuff we were seeing, but what we were told is um, 
you know, while there were some internal higher level discussions at CIG about possibly asking us to remove some of some things in Fleet Viewer, um, they that CIG loved it so much that they decided to let us keep the Squadron 42 assets in there, which was really cool that them to do awesome. because they're super secretive of that. Things like the Pegasus yeah. and yeah. the Retribution ships like that. So um, that was really awesome of them. And then since then, they've just been very, you know, very supportive of, of the project and, and, and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. yeah, but if they do want to bring us in, I'll gladly become a <laughs> community manager. Uh, love to do that. I mean, it seems like it'd be pretty easy to hire y'all in as uh, as product managers. <laughs> there you go. I would I would support yeah. it. <laughs> be turbulent south is what they'll call us. There you go. There you go. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so quickly, and again, please interrupt me if you have better advice. Um, but this, I would go top to bottom. Um, sure. What you want to do is you want to retrieve all of your data, right? So the the Solus's data, Solus's pledges, Solus's buybacks, just upload it all. It takes a little bit, so I went ahead and already did it. I don't. I don't want to go through the cosmetics of uploading data. So there you go. Once, or, go ahead. Sorry for this. Uh, make sure that you download. Uh, there's a a a um, what's it called? I can't even think of it now. Extension. Yes, mm. thank you. Uh, there's an extension that's necessary. It's a just the hangar dot link extension, I believe. Good call out. Um, that you'll need and to get. Is, It'll tell and, you to get it, yeah. but. And this is not pulling any of your account details, by the way. This takes the information from CIG's pledge store backend it's not it has nothing to do with your account per se in terms of your account credentials your login your information your payment uh, information of that it doesn't have any CIG doesn't allow obviously access to that nor would we want access to that so yeah yeah uh, I love it thank you thank you yep. so clicking on the hanger link the hanger link is what I was referencing earlier about having your entire hanger and sortable uh, prioritizational that's not a word um, but it is now <laughs> it is We're now I just created it on my platform um, somebody call Webster <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but this, this is a, a phenomenal view into your what 20 25 pages of pledge store um, so here you go I clicked into it it's automatically uploaded i don't know why y'all included cost because my wife's gonna murder both of you um <laughs> that's that's a little much there guys uh but that's, that's the, the regret column yep. yeah we're gonna go ahead and hide cost and total uh, out go. of here but um it, it, you can filter you can sort this is a great way of you laying out the many 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 pages um of of your ships and what i love most is like you have the packs and what makes up the pack. Uh, like for me, I had to do like a freaking pivot table to organize like which ship came from what pack if I wanted to melt it. Well, it's all here. It's all here. Where to find it? So um, I'm gonna. I'm literally doing a high level kind of tactical view um, mm -hmm. of of what this provides. But what additional? Uh, information would you want the audience to know about the hangar link beyond listing out uh, itemizing your hangers? Um, I, I if uh, Graham, I've got one. If uh, go ahead, that's okay. please. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, definitely, it's the CCU chains. I know that okay, right now. What CCUs I was going to say. Are, so <laughs> there you go. Go with it. Go with it. Run with it. Um, <laughs> you've, you you got to be able to to kind of you can search with this. To get a CCU chain to whatever ship you want, uh, you know, if you if you're trying to get a BMM, it'll tell you how to do it. Mm. Um, 
and the different save a costs. few dollars along the way. Yeah. yeah, and it'll teach you how to save some money along the way too. Um, I know that recently some of this information got a little bit messed up, but not too too terribly. I don't think. I think it's still a very functional uh, item and, and something that everybody should use at least once. Uh, yeah. To, yeah. to go to that perfect ship for them. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I I will say that's a that's another like another podcast at another time. CCU chaining is its mm-hmm. own one hour conversation. Oh, um, it is, yeah. So we are not going to get into this, but there's many of YouTube videos that you can go and search. A lot of content creators went through CCU chaining, but in a like long story short kind of capacity, CCU chaining is using all of the mechanisms of melting and discounts and Invictus launch week and IAE, like all, all, all of the, all of it <laughs> it incorporates all of it to say how do you get to the javelin or how do you get to the 890 jump in the most efficient and cheapest way now what i will tell you my brother has spent way too much time <laughs> doing the ccu chain he's like you know what i can probably get uh, i could probably get the 890 jump like next year and it just kills me like really <laughs> it yeah, is its yeah. own game by all means oh yeah yeah i've seen yeah, people it, come out with with you know, hammerheads for four hundred and fifty bucks, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, it's three hundred dollars off. Like, uh, it's crazy. Like, how did you do that? And so, and, and I'll crazy. tell you, the hangar dot link and in Starjump Fleet Viewer, I think sometimes people look at them as is like you know, and they'll say this. I'm sure it's true to some degree. They'll be like, "Man, you've probably helped CIG sell a ton of ships, right?" And and I think that's probably true. But at the same time, I and more importantly, I think especially with looking at hangar.link you know because you can see your buybacks you can see your current pledges prices all that stuff and your ccu change and stuff i actually look at, at fleet viewer and hangar.link as a way to save people money right mm-hmm. not just through ccu change and stuff like that but just in order for example being able to see your fleet as a whole sometimes can allow you to make strategic decisions maybe maybe instead of putting that extra money into the game by looking at your fleet as a whole you go yeah you know what i've got some redundancy over here and i can melt these two ships because it literally this just happened to me last night i melted a ship because i I, and i and i consulted ender with it but i melted a ship because i was like i have redundancy here i don't i don't need so um so for us, we, we kind of look at it as a tool that can can also help save the person money and, and not have them be, you know, putting money into the game unnecessarily. I mean, I know one yeah. thing Starlet, uh, you know, about Starlet is she she wants to be, you know, pretty um, careful about doing anything that would push someone or make someone feel like they do need to put money into the game. I mean, you know, mm. Starlet is someone I think, and not to speak for her, but she'd be very open in saying, you sh- you'll be able to earn it in game. You'll be able to earn it in game, yeah. and 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 I think the reason for that is that to get away from this idea that um, it's always about putting more money in. And I think Fleet yeah. Viewer can help you do that. It can help you see beyond just pledging, and it can it helps you see your fleet as something that's malleable that you can work with. You can melt things. You can CCU things. You can sort of manipulate the money you already have into the game to get yeah. the most optimal fleet for you because as a new player coming into star citizen you might start buying stuff or pledging for stuff but you don't totally know what the mm. game is even is yet yeah and and you may Such have a, a limited point. amount of money to spend you know maybe maybe you've set a cap for yourself at a hundred dollars you're like i'm not going any higher than that which is totally fine and respectable but you might buy that initial arrow right 
But yeah. six months down the road, you're like, you know what? I really just want to be salvaging. That's what I'd want to do. Yeah, this isn't what I want to do. Such a good call. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's a good tool for looking at things like that. You know, how to maximize your, your potential yeah. with the ships you have and the money you have invested. Yep. So I have yeah. I have three different um, save files, JSON files for my uh, fleet on Fleet Viewer. I've got my current fleet um, just laid out. I've got you know my current fleet, but set up as what I would like them. You know the role that all everything's going to play and all of that. Uh, and then I have my future fleet, the fleet that I want and I want it to be my final fleet. How I'm going to buy it and all of that. Yeah. So I've and I've got them laid out. Everything's color coded, and, oh, and, and it's yeah, I get deep with it. Brilliant. Um, but it's it's a fun way to spend my time. You know what I mean? If yeah. I'm not yeah. playing Star Citizen at the time, and I'm just not gaming right now, oh, 100%. it's a really good way to kind of take a look at what I'm doing and, and plan ahead, start planning yeah. for the future. I mean, when you're yeah. when you're at work and you're tr- you're supposed to be writing an OP one doc. For 2000, like this is what you should be doing instead. Uh, or yeah. my warehouse manages itself. The videos I can get edited later. Look, I'm, yeah. I'm building a fleet viewer right now. I, 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 <laughs> I will say, I that, two weeks I will out. say on the hangar.link side of things, yeah. um, I would say that one of the cool things that I constantly use is the your buyback section. Yeah. So that's something that I would I would tell people to always kind of keep keep an eye on. Um, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Seeing what you have that you may have forgotten, you know, something you may have melted. Again, it's it's all about. I look at it as cards. You're trading back and forth. So that's something yeah. I use a lot within it. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that the last thing I'll say on Fleet Viewer, is, or sorry, Fleet, or sorry, Hangar dot Link specifically with Hangar dot Link, which again is Starlet's baby. Um, you know, it's really <laughs> her brainchild. Is it that? Is. Yeah. Much like with other tool sites, so like Urkel and uh, Starship 42, and, and there's there's many other, mm. these are labor of love, and they're extremely yeah. time intensive. Managing all the data and stuff for Hangar.link is an undertaking. And yeah. for, the, for the people that manage these tools, you got to remember, there's times where they're high on Star Citizen and times where they're not, you know, and yeah. so it takes a lot of effort and... and um, you know, if, if you enjoy these tools, if you see Starlet out there, definitely give Starlet a salute. Um, she's just put a lot of work in there, and I think it's been a real benefit to the community, um, you know, at large. I don't know if she's in chat or anything, but either way, <laughs> um, it, it's it's a, there's a continuing tax that's always placed on her to make sure that stays up to date, and I know she's trying really hard to do that. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I just want to go on record saying uh, it's, I mean, it is super impressive and humbling. So uh, again, my work, my work background, I, I live the scrum cycle, the agile framework. I live the product manager life. Like I know what this takes, maybe structurally, I know what this takes and it is, it is incredible. I highly recommend that CIG look at something like this to add to the applications um, that already mm-hmm. exist. I, like just, and I don't mean to like blow smoke up anybody's rear on this podcast, but um, but it's absolutely something. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think it was a great call out. Um, I believe it was you, Grim, that said um, like new gamers should absolutely 
know about this before they start throwing in $140 for the Cutlass Black starter pack. Yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. the best decision, right? Like there's there's better things to invest your money in if your in-state is yeah. what you're seeing on the screen right now. If your in-state is a freaking javelin, uh, crack an Idris, budding merchant man, like there's a better way of yeah. doing it than just spending $15,000. Sure, sure. And it, I mean, it, and it also can just be a visualization of your path through the game once those things mm. are er earnable yep. in game you know what i mean mm -hmm. so um and, and i think essentially once we get to the point probably um beta or v1 whatever cig is going to call it where <laughs> we do not have resets anymore yes you know what I mean? resets where you're set backwards yes even if they have a a, a hard reset of the servers everything your stuff all stays the same there's no backwards yeah. regression and stuff when we get to that point these ship progression lines are going to become a big deal for players. They're going to be working long term for the Javelin, the Idris, the, the whatever, right? So, um, you know, that'll be important when, when we get to that stage of the game, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, it will. Absolutely. And, and one thing that, that um, I know Grim says, Starlet says, uh, as Grim pointed out earlier, um, you don't really need the amount of money that some of us have probably <laughs> put into this game um <laughs> to don't look at me enjoy the game yeah. like you can buy the 45 dollars starter package yes. um yeah. it's a really yeah. good ship it's a it's a good money earner for the start yeah. uh, even better if you don't like the ship um reach out on you know the actual game and go hey i, I don't have a uh, ship anybody need work yeah. Um, yeah. People will pay you to work for them. In the game. Absolutely. Even now. Yeah. So in yeah. the future, when this is all running better, man. Yeah. Okay. When it's when the persistence is there, you're really gonna have something special. S such a good point. Like such a good point. You don't need to have every every yeah. uh, yeah. aspect of the game in your fleet. <laughs> Forty five yeah. bucks, and yeah. then buy everything else uh, yeah. over time. Abs yeah. Absolutely. Or if you want to spend, you know. Uh, what is it now? Thirty twenty-five thousand to get Legatus. Uh, uh, Legatus. Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> um, if you want to spend that, spend it. Uh, Look, you're, spend you're it. funding a big dream, uh, and yeah. I'm happy to see it. <laughs> so, yeah. either way, it is a special person who can yes. spend the price of a car on yes. this game. Um, I'll, I'll leave it <laughs> there. Or a yeah. newly single person, depending. Yeah, that's on fair. How that's yeah. going? That's yeah, fair. My wife would leave me immediately. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right, quick time check. We're 38 minutes yeah. into it. I don't want to rush through Fleet View because that's like the whole purpose of this this beginning intro to the, the podcast. Uh, but I want to go through Fleet View real quick. Yes, we're using mine. We're using Solus as uh, maybe the backdrop of, of talking through it. But y'all saw as we were talking, you saw me upload uh, the fleet into uh, the system and you'll see all 40 ships. Now, first off, where's my F8C lightning i think you know y'all have dropped the ball um yeah. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm totally kidding it's there you just need to refresh your oh your do i <laughs> yeah i did it yesterday well, so well crap I had the same issue i was like oh, mine didn't load up I, like, oh, I didn't refresh it fantastic um, yeah you refresh it it'll load for sure i'm totally kidding but that's really good to that's <laughs> truly good to know but uh reset that cash yeah this All is time. this is great so first off there has been some amazing uh community 
creations where they have taken this and made their own like version or their own story to tell maybe they lay out the ships a little differently i'm not going to go through if we had more time i would go through and show you kind of how to do that but you can move these renderings around to whatever layout you want to you can tell a story ender made the comment a couple minutes ago about his future ships um it's Mm -hmm. it's such a great user-friendly um user interface it's intuitive uh, but I'm going to pause here. I'm going to let y'all talk about Fleet Viewer. And then, yes, we will be getting into Citizen Kind 2953 drops, and we will be getting into the FHC Lightning. So, Grim, Ender, what are we looking at? What do you wish the audience would know about Fleet View? So, cool. So, Fleet Viewer um, is primarily centered around performance and fidelity. Those are its two key hallmarks that we focused on from the very beginning of the project, okay? Um, the, the, we, we had, I had a PDF with um, a set of goals for Fleet Viewer and those were the top two goals. So because it's, we wanted performance to always be top of mind and we knew that, um, uh, you know, people have massive fleets, um, we specifically wanted to use pre-rendered assets, right? So no live 3D stuff, it was all gonna be pre-rendered. Um, however, going pre-rendered allowed us to naturally accomplish the other goal high fidelity right so those stills could be rendered extremely high fidelity you can view things in four angles which are isometric uh profile front and top uh the front uh, view is not a straight on front it's a front with a 30 degree down angle um so we give you a a good amount of freedom i think um, internally we've had some talks about maybe doing a right angle isometric and maybe a rear view but essentially the idea is we wanted to maximize the level of creativity the user could have in the in this fleet viewer experience while always maintaining performance standards and if you look at the feature set in fleet viewer that's why you'll see a lot of the stuff there for example the ability to switch from s um, ld uh, sd and hd essentially standing for low definition high uh, standard definition and high definition Um, if you have a huge fleet right uh, let's say it's 500 ships right to see all those ships, you have to zoom out pretty far. So now your yeah. ships become postage stamp size. At that size, you do not need to be at HD resolution. You can be mm. at LD resolution. Um, mm. be just, just in pure pixel density, that's still going to look fine. But if you need to, if your ship, if your fleet's only four ships big, well, naturally you're going to be scaled up on those four ships. At that point, you're going to, you're now much closer to those. You know, you've now zoomed those pixels in. So we need the fidelity. So, no matter what features we put in, performance and fidelity were always top of mind. We, you know, we, 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 and then, and then the the third um, factor that came in here, but it was a much lower priority, was um, uh, like creativity custom customization right and that's where you see feature sets like being able to type whatever you want in your ship labels being able to change the background even be able to do transparent backgrounds um all that kind of stuff um or or do easter egg ships or do props um so for example you can put asteroids in there explosions gas clouds all kinds of stuff that that, (laughs) so that was a lower priority but everything was always done with fidelity and performance in mind so yeah 
Yeah, and as you're seeing on the screen, um, I just opened up the the menu, and everything that Grim just said is it, it's super easy. Like I said, intuitive. I'm gonna stop repeating myself, but it's very, very intuitive. If you want to add text, I mean, it's all it's all here. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll give you I'll give you a real good example. Is that um, and there's a lot of creative ways to use Fleet Viewer, and even we think of ways to use Fleet uh, uh, Fleet Viewer. You know, we have a show me and Andrew do called Fleet Builders. We haven't done an episode in a while, but we are getting back to it. And it's yep. a show where we would posit a question, right? Um, that question may be, or a set of parameters, and we would say, okay, you've got 50 crew members. You have, uh, so you have 50 crew members. Build the best um, racing mining fleet you can build, fleet, yeah. or mining fleet, or whatever. And we would do these sort of versus scenarios to see um, how we both tackled that problem, knowing we only had 50 crew members. You know, which could determine how many ships you choose and what ships you choose and all that. So it's a really fun. You can almost build your own sort of games out of it, and it's it's a lot of fun to play with in that way. So awesome. It's so awesome. And, and, and the last thing I'll say, and, and I will kind of move us to CitizenCon uh, here in yep. a couple of seconds, but the last thing I'll say is YouTube. Go to Starjump Org's YouTube. The, the links will be in the podcast. The links will be in the YouTube video. Go there. And if you wanted hype, the copium, the hopium, if you wanted all, all of that, um, go to their YouTube video and watch like the Kraken video, the Kraken video, the Idris video, like they go into, and, and some of it's surmising, like I get that, I get mm -hmm. some of it's based off of like, um, you know, projection. But yep, a lot of speculation. A lot of speculation, yep. but it, if you wanna get fired up before CitizenCon, <laughs> That's the way to do it. Go over to that video and watch that because they've got, again, the Kraken video I think is probably one of my favorites. I keep going back to that video because I'm like, I, I have one. I kind of want to know more awesome. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah ab absolutely. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys absolutely deserve uh, all of the kudos, all of the credit. Um, so with that. Thank you, man. Abs absolutely. So with that, we're going to go through a little bit of Beyond the Verse kind of like agenda. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen on YouTube. We're going to go through some of um, what dropped this week. We're going to get into a very quick over uh, um, recap of the portfolio, Squadron 42, and then we'll get into CitizenCon. So stand by. All right, for this week in Star Citizen, this is week 41. Uh, it's a very short week. As you know, the developers most of the team is in Los Angeles getting ready for Citizen Con. So it's a light week, quote unquote. Yet I would argue um, a lot happened this week. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. A lot happened this week. The birthday happened, F8C lightning drop, which surprised a lot of individuals. But um, quickly to the article that you're seeing on my screen, this week in Star Citizen dropped Monday. Tuesday was the Star Citizen birthday, which was delayed because of patch issues. We'll get into that in a second. A lore post drop of the Unification Wars. Wednesday, we have the Squadron 42 report. Um, and then tomorrow, so Friday, we're going to see the weekly newsletter. And I'm just going to keep sharing my screen. We're going to move hot and heavy through this. The Portfolio Unification Wars, just quickly, if you're into the lore, if you're watching this podcast, more than likely you are because we always add like a lore flavor to what we do. There is a lore drop on Tuesday called Unification Wars. It's about 2380 through 2384. The idea was, and this is 
ironic or coincidental timing, unfortunately, but it's about uh, the United Nations of Earth formation and how some individuals didn't like it. So it created a four year long war and it gets into the Stanley mutiny. It gets into the siege of, uh, of Sirtis and it gets into the fight for New York City. I say it's unfortunate because of everything that's happening right now in Israel and Hamas. Uh, I'm not going to get into the politics of that, but uh, there's just a very, a very rough time (laughs) uh, in real life. And obviously this, this unification war. So however you want to dissect that is an interesting conversation. The article is actually really well written, um, which I might actually go back and make a YouTube video of the narration of this video. It's it's phenomenal straight into the squadron 42 monthly report. Um, I am not going to go through all 17 pages. I printed this out in word. (laughs) I'm not going to go through 17 pages of notes, but what I will do is back out to our uh, lovely chat and ask y'all about Squadron 42. So there's a lot of updates. There was nothing in this report that indicated, hey, Citizen Con's gonna announce Squadron 42. Like there was nothing that was like, okay, like we need to talk about it. But I would love to hear from both of you. Andrew, maybe we start with you, sir. what are our thoughts on Squadron 42? What are we excited about? What what do we hope to hear about in CitizenCon with all things Squadron 42? Um, I'd like to, I, I, honestly, at CitizenCon, I'd love to see them just show us some progress. Um, sure. Something we haven't seen too much of. Um, and, and I think it's good that they've kept it under wraps personally, but I think now's the time um, if they're to that point. Uh, and the F8C coming out kind of makes me feel like maybe they're getting close to that point. Yeah. Close enough, I should say. Yeah. Where they could come out and say, hey, we've progressed and this is where we're at. Where, you know, uh, any information, I think, for, for Squadron 42 is going to be good. Yeah. I, I think um, for me, there were two ships that were bound to Squadron 42 the Idris and the F8C. We had heard, and we're going to get into the F8C here in a couple minutes, but the F8C was like, hey, look, you're going to get it by being a wing commander, concierge member, or hire, or when you defeat Squadron 42 through some, you know, uh, earnings, you're going to be able to fly the FCA or F8C. Well, that clearly uh, wasn't the case because of the birthday event that happened this week. Um, so there's there's a lot of me, and if, if you follow, all right, I'm just going to say it. If you follow Beyond the Verse socials, I am all about the copium and hopium. I, I, I live one life. I live one life. It's hard not to be. <laughs> Absolutely. I live one life. I don't care about the naysayers. You know what? We're going to get we're gonna get Pyro in Q4, and we're going to get Squadron 42 in 2024. Hey, you know what? You like that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, right. But I do think your comments, Ender, are spot on. I, I do think we're close to something and, and, I, and I think you're on to something. The F8C was a good indicator on potentially more to come in Citizen Kind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a big drop. Um, and don't get me wrong. Uh, if they're using this as a means of earning money, good on them. It, it, they did a phenomenal job with it. The F8C is the perfect ship. A lot of people have been one, one. The people who have, you know, spent the amount of money to get those F8s um are excited to see those 
Um, so I, I think um, uh, seeing that drop is is a big deal, and it's a good way for them to make money if that's what they were intending. But Absolutely. I almost feel like they're tongue in cheeking here, and they're going, "Yeah, we'll, we'll release the ship here. Here's the F eight. It was. Don't worry about that whole. It was only for Squadron Forty Two thing. No, yeah. Nothing there. Nothing. There. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think that there's something coming. I, I won't say that I think it's <laughs> going to be, it's coming out. Um, but I do think that they're going to be able to tell us a little more. And I think that's exciting. Yeah. Andrew, I think you should go on record. I think you should go on record. What do you, <laughs> what do you think is going to be announced about squadron 42? Come on, man. Let's hear it. I mean, if, if I were to venture a guess, cause that's all it's gotta be. Um, uh, I would say that, I disagree with you, Texas, but we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> you do, Jay. I, I, I would say that they they would give us some video of not just you know the CGI, but also the maybe the game in action. Uh, yeah, know, a, a little bit of the game in action from what they're working on. I think they could be to that point. I I might be wrong. Yeah, but I think they could be to that point. Um, and if not that, maybe a uh, an announcement of when we might be able to see that. Mm. Uh, it, it could be close enough that they might be uh, willing to announce that, hey, you know, next year, this time, or next year, or blah, 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 we're going to show this off. Um, yeah. That would be what we're going to get. I would be happy if Mark Hamill just showed up. I mean, give yeah, us Mark Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give me yeah, Luke Skywalker. Mark showing up. Yeah, especially um, if you're going to be there. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's, oh, we'll get into that in a couple seconds. But uh, Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, like, let's—I don't even care about dates. Uh, Just give me that. If Gary Oldman showed up, my wife would be angry. We didn't go. Yep. That is her, <laughs> uh, that is her celebrity crush. So. Yeah. <laughs> Grim, your Miracula. turn. Your turn. Twenty. Uh, Twenty. Wow. Squadron forty-two. Thoughts. Yeah. Feelings. Emotions. Um, so you know, I I every the game is all about milestones for me. That's how I pledged into the game. That's that's how I've gotten certain big ships are through seeing uh, CIG accomplish certain milestones, and those milestones are milestones that I set for myself. You know, like when they cross this line, that gives me confidence to do X. When they cross this next line, that gives me gives me confidence to do Y. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, with Squadron Forty Two. I look at it, look at it in in terms of the Squadron 42 monthly reports, and to me, they while they're 17 pages long, they're getting lighter and lighter, um, and they have been for a long time. And certain things that used to be talked about are no longer talked about, which is kind of a milestone for me. So, for example, one of the milestones I set with Squadron 42 is when I see the ship teams no longer putting Squadron 42 updates in. That's a good thing right so now the only ship stuff we get is in relation to ai controlling and and stuff like that but in terms of like ship art for squadron Mm. 42 there's no more discussion about it really in the monthly reports really not not at large and that's a good thing right it's a good very good thing it means their work is finished yeah and then we're we're seeing more and more teams um we've just seen it in in recent weeks where teams are starting to use words like close out and bait and, and beta and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We're getting to a phase where um, um, what I think is going to be announced 
for Squadron 42 at this year's CitizenCon is some, I think we're going to see some sort of new vertical slice, whether that's gameplay or all in-game uh, cinematics. Oh, I think yeah. we're going to see some sort of vertical slice of the game. Um, uh, that's what I hope to see. Yep. And I hope to hear an announcement of a rough target quarter for release. Mm. Now, I don't necessarily know if we'll get that and what that quarter is this citizen con but what i think we will see this citizen con that can give us some hints to what that quarter may be is that we're going to see the beginning of the marketing push um you know for a big triple a game you should expect a marketing push of six months i would think um and and i'm not and i work in marketing and it is different from films to tv and stuff like that but sure on a, on a game that this much of investment's been made i would think you'd want a six month month marketing push leading into the game's launch right um and marketing is no easy feat you need trailers cut you need to prepare events with all your talent to go to to do the meet and greets you need a you need a press tour you need marketing stuff created you need promotional packages created which is you know we recently saw the squadron 42 um game packages go off yeah. the store so new game package promotion item uh, um skews need to be created with new tie-ins to both star Citizen and squadron 42 so there's a lot that goes into that on the marketing phase it's the marketing is not just releasing a trailer that's yeah. just one tiny part yeah. so i am hoping we get a vertical slice and the beginnings of the marketing push yeah and what would cue me up to the beginning of the marketing push would be some new squadron 42 game package promotions that we can buy and or new key art like if we start seeing new key art you know we've always seen that same squadron 42 logo yeah. animation yeah. which is fine it looks great yeah. but when we start seeing new key art meaning stuff they're creating to promote the game yeah. that's a big indicator because that's stuff you usually don't spend money on until you need it yeah it's a good call that's yeah. a that's that's a great call um all the above like i wish <laughs> I, hope, I hope all of it gets covered um yeah, because that that uh, to me, I first off, it was already announced, or I, and and I can't pinpoint when it was discussed or when it was published, but Star Citizen is nowhere without Squadron Forty Two. Like Squadron Forty Two is going to launch first, and everything else is put on like on the back burner. Now the tech advances made on one is the tech advances on the other. Like we we talked about this through nausea, uh, but we know that Squadron Forty Two is the main initiative. So any progress that we see or anything that we hear, to your point, Grim, and to your point, Ender, anything that we see in CitizenCon for Squadron Forty Two is a good indicator that we're that we're here, that we're close. Yeah. And I think you're spot on about no more conversations about like certain ships that, that, mm -hmm. that is an interesting pool. Um, and, there's, and there's other examples of that, but you start yeah. seeing certain conversations quiet down and all but disappear from those monthly reports. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed in the squadron 42 monthly reports, there's some sections that they seem to just kind of fluff up with information that seems a little, like redundant. a little a little bit like yeah redundant and just kind of yeah. fluffy yeah. like it's it's a lot yeah. of words but not it's kind of simple ideas so it feels like they're sort of filling it out a little bit because i think yeah. that they're realizing the squadron 42 monthly reports are starting to get smaller and smaller and smaller um again all this is good stuff right yeah. um but squadron 42 i mean one thing i will say about it is that even players 
who are just interested in Star Citizen and not interested in Squadron 42 should definitely care about Squadron 42 because yeah. we need it to be successful. It, yep. it doesn't need to be the greatest game ever released, but it needs to be a pretty decent game when it comes out because it will directly affect Star Citizen's future. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pay attention to all of it. And there's like this really good podcast called Beyond the Verse um, that you might want to <laughs> that you might want to tune into because we're going to be covering every single aspect of that uh, until then. So, uh, really quick to YouTube comments: No Texas Space Navy. I am not going to talk about it going to console. Um, that is. <laughs> so I have a lot of close proximity work with Amazon Game Studios uh, and there's the console translation that maybe on some podcast moving forward. Um, but we, we don't want that yet. <laughs> maybe several years down in the, the future, but you want the flexibility, um, and the platform of PC to drive what we're doing, uh, in star citizen and squadron 42. The moment you start talking about the future of like platform, you start talking about year cycles of like five year cycles, 10 year cycles. Yeah. You don't want that. Let's, let's stay talking PC. Um, well, I would, yeah, I would argue ahead, that if squadron 42, not anything else, definitely not star it's citizen. Fair. Um, but if squadron 42 were to, go to console it would not only be better in the long run for the pu uh, because you're getting that extra money from it's fair single player you know the people that only play on console yeah um and this i would say is the perfect game to put on console and maybe to bring some people from console to computer because hey i've got to play that game that you can yeah. play all the time Yep, there is there is a conversion rate conversation. Yeah, and I think that's that's a, a valid point. What I don't want, and uh, sorry for the pull here, but what I don't want is a Final Fantasy fourteen that that gets yeah, put on okay. to PlayStation. You uh, know, <laughs> no no further no comments. Uh, uh, comment needs to be made on this because we yes. are absolutely in agreement. Yes, yes. Okay, CitizenCon. First off, we're at time. I, I just I want to make sure it's okay with my special guests. We ready to move okay, forward, or we need to wrap this guy up? Yeah. Okay. No, we, we can go forward. All right. This is going to be a long podcast. I'm okay with that. This is a great conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get into this. Um, CitizenCon. So earlier in the week, huge drop. Huge drop. Um, uh, there was finally, it's it's almost as if the CIG developers are watching Beyond the Verse podcast. Because <laughs> last week, I was like, hey guys, we're two weeks out and we don't know crap about the agenda. Like at least TwitchCon, we know like a month out, like what to expect. I was getting kind of nervous. I'm like, hey guys, two weeks out. Uh, I don't know what to get excited about. And sure enough, it was Monday or Tuesday, I think it was Monday, when they dropped the agenda to the pocket guide. So please go uh, to the pocket guide. I'm pulling this information from robertspaceindustries.com forward slash citizenkind. So here we go. Hopefully you can see my screen. It's probably super, super tiny. I can't get it any bigger for some reason. But here we go. I asked a poll on our socials so please follow btv underscore cast on all socials we do this uh, interactive social uh, engagement with the community but we asked a poll um, over 1200 impressions over 800 uh, votes and it looks like about two-thirds are more excited about day one than they are about day two interesting and day two has the freaking after party but hey you know 
two thirds won a day one. And so let's talk through the agenda. And I would love to yeah. hear from Grim and Ender, who unfortunately are not going to be here for Citizen Con. Yeah. Um, not this year. Not this year, but next year they, they plan on being uh, <laughs> day one. Let's go through the agenda. And I would love to hear your reactions on day one. 9 a.m., the door is open. And again, this is all available to you no matter where you are on their Twitch. They're going to stream everything live. So 9 a.m., the door is open. It's going to be a lot of booth, a lot of tables, a lot of meet and greets. 11 a.m., shaping the verse, the future of Star Engine. Quote, from pixel to, I can't even see this, <laughs> from pixel to persistent universe and everything in between, join us as we showcase the power and depth of Star Engine, uh, enabling the seamless scale that push our games to the cutting edge of industry technology and beyond. So a tech piece, fix it and fly it. It's a thing about resource management, which I, which I think is super sexy about Star Citizen. It's the idea that you're going to have engineers putting out fires on your Idris, just amazing 1 30 p.m you're gonna have a cosplay competition which i'm sure grim and ender would show up in their cosplay outfits if they were oh, yeah. there <laughs> i have a pair of daisy dukes uh, yes and uh and a uh, <laughs> alter top that would be enough perfect. said uh, <laughs> yeah i'm gonna throw up a little bit uh here in a little bit but uh three <laughs> three p <laughs> 3 p.m. Talking Ship 2953. That's going to be huge. I think a lot of speculation for Talking Ships. And then yep. 4 p.m. Navigating the Universe with the new navigation systems coming out in Star Citizen. I'm going to shut up. Grim, Ender, take it away. Well, Grim, what are you excited for? Well, so for me, I'll go ahead and tell you just top level. I look at all the, all the panels from day one and day two through the prism of 4.0. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Because if you reframe them in that way, they make a lot of sense. Yeah. So um, when I first saw the shaping the verse one, I was a little bit like, what, why are we getting a, a, a star engine, you know, yeah. walk through? We've had these before. Yeah. But if you really read this in, in between the lines, one of the things they say there is enabling the seamless scale that push our games to the cutting edge. Yep. This is going to be server meshing. This is the panel yes. that will talk about server meshing and or static server meshing and the replication layer separation. That's that's what this is going to be about. Um, we've had yes. panels on Star Engine in the past, so we we know about it. But that is your 4.0 server meshing update. And is is in terms of like my my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think if you read between the lines, it's pretty clear that that's what that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, so yeah. for uh, and again, you have 27 episodes to catch up. But we talk in very depth about OCS, PES, and SM. Right, yeah. the three pillars that Citizen or CitizenCon, good lord, uh, Star Citizen is trying to accomplish or that will yeah. accomplish. Um, so that's going to be huge. I agree with you, Grim. Um, I think knowing more about the technology and what that means, the fact that I can drop a box on a planet, log out for a week, tell my brother to log in a month later, find that box behind the tree I set it, yeah. like that is not even feasible in any other game not at that scale right, right? so yeah. I, that is yeah. going to be a very amazing conversation ender what yeah. are your thoughts on day one um i think that there are two panels that are kind of uh sleepers that people aren't uh, grim you mentioned one of these yeah uh, as a potential conversation piece for fix it and fly it the resource management stuff doesn't just go into 
putting out fires and yeah. things like that. That's fair. Grim and I were talking the other night, yeah. and he mentioned, um, you know, ship security is something that could absolutely yeah. go into resource management. There's a lot to Funneling people yeah. specific ways. Grim has this amazing ability to think outside of the box with a lot of things. <laughs> uh, his well, use of a Nautilus in every single uh, fleet builders that we do, it, I forget that he well, does that, and it I think I think yeah. it's just because if you're one of those people that combs through the backlog, the years and years of backlog of CIG content, yeah. um, you can start to tie some of these big ideas together. And 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 this is actually one of Star Star Citizen and CIG's shortcomings is that their information is so dis you know you know spread out over ten years that it's hard yeah. sometimes to collate everything. But yeah. You know, fix it and fly it is is the panel I'm most excited for. Yep. Um, I've 100%. told Ender many times, uh, being an engineer on a ship is one of the main things I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and and um, so many things are tied to it because it's tied to the room and piping system. CIG used to mention the room and piping system a long time That's ago right. in almost every damn video. Yeah. Now yeah. they started to parse that off in different language because yeah. it has evolved. Yeah. But everything is based off that from the gravity in the room to the air in the room to fire propagation we'll probably see all that fire tech it's probably going to be in this we're going to see things like um room like room to room door to door security systems for ships i think we're going to see all that stuff in yep. this in the resource management demo uh, the other one that i think is exciting is the navigating verse because i don't think we're just mm -hmm. looking at ui changes i think it's possible I'm not going to say plausible, but it's possible that they will unveil a new star map. That's I, I hope yeah. they do. At least, mm. I should say. I think um, it's I'd 100 percent the yeah. new star map. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, mean, yeah. I'm I'm pretty I'll sure it ahead, is too. I'll go ahead and say it. Based off things I've heard, it's the star map. It's the new star map. Guys. I, yeah. That's that's something I don't mind saying. Uh, it's the new star map. It's needed. It should be the damn keynote speech, as far as I'm concerned. We mm -hmm. desperately it need a new star be. map. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. And then, obviously, talking ship is always one of my favorites. Hearing John yeah. Crew, Ben Curtis, and, and all the all the uh, team talk yeah. about ships. Um, you know, there's rumors about the Zeus and, and other things possibly getting illuminated, but the ship I yeah. really want to hear about is uh, I, want an, I want a Polaris update. Oh, yeah, um, okay. And primarily because well i own it and i'm excited for it but primarily because i think the polaris while we'll get bits of resource management in the hammerhead and, and a couple of other ships they told us about yeah i think the polaris will be the ship that brings resource management online and it's oh, like full yeah. capacity yeah. i think it is yeah. essentially the 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 resource management test or like not test bed, but it's the resource management mm -hmm. vehicle that we're going to experience the full engineering gameplay loop in. Um, yeah. in because they often said that we were not going to get any more capitals until they could build in resource management. That's something yeah. they've said specifically. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. So 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 here's my conspiracy theory. If you haven't already seen, <laughs> if you haven't already seen my uh, my my infamous post from from July. <laughs> See, I think it's going to be the Idris. So I, oh. I, I, uh, I personally, because the Idris is already quote unquote flyable. You can steal it. Right. Uh, it's glitched all to hell, but you can steal, mm -hmm. you can steal it, and you can fly it. Uh, but to your exact point, I think they need something that's going to demonstrate the resource management, and that Idris. And I might be mixing some of the ships up, but I'm pretty damn sure the Idris has like the prison block. 
Um, it's got the gun range, mm-hmm. right? The gun range yep. on the port side. Um, briefing room. Mm-hmm, the briefing room. So like, I, mm-hmm, I, yeah, exactly. I, I think we're going to, I don't know. So here's my conspiracy theory. I think in the map, I'm going to go and show y'all because I'm, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a tirade top left part of the map it says staff only no one yep. gives two craps where the staff is gonna be like i think mm-hmm. that's gonna be a blocked off spot where jrdf is creating a model which they've already confirmed that they're working on something for citizen con they've already confirmed mm-hmm. it <laughs> so i think they're building a damn idris and there's going to be a mass reveal that the idris will be available as the next capital ship q4 mm-hmm. so i'm calling it <laughs> I I would love that. I yeah. mean, I would love that to be the case. I really yeah. would. Yeah, probably not. And I happen, haven't but. heard. I haven't heard if it's if that's the case or not. To be honest, I've heard nothing. Mm-hmm. I actually one of the things I've heard the least about um, from from my sources um, are are what to expect ship wise, which mm-hmm. is kind yeah. of weird because I usually that's the usually stuff they want to talk about that. Yeah, they want to. You know, they want to yeah. drop yeah. it in. And you know our our good buddy VMXEO, who who we work with on Fleet Viewer and stuff, he he works with JRDF as well as is 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 one of them. And you know obviously he can't reveal any of the secrets, and, and we don't <laughs> pry. But yeah, sure. I do know he's been busy. Yeah. <laughs> he's been very busy. Yes. Um, yeah. I would love for it to be the Idris. Look, I think the Idris. I, I want to see it in game. We haven't yeah. seen it with its full interior. Yeah. Um, it's a ship that I've toured its interior using. The game files mm-hmm. and i've toured the interior of the javelin there's a mm-hmm. lot there like a, a, a huge amount of stuff there that players have not really been able to see and I, w- I would love i've been a big proponent of them allowing bigger tours of those two ships during invictus yes. but yes. is it possible for them to release the idris maybe yeah. um i do know that there are a lot of things they the, the last i heard there was a lot of things they needed to do to the idris yeah. to get it properly set up for the pu but that was about a year and a half ago. That's a lot of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you look on the um, progress tracker under the ship teams, there's there's a, a line item there under the, I think it's the EU ship team, that's always there and it's been running forever. And it's Squadron 42 ship support. That's all it's listed as, right? <laughs> that's how they hide a lot of these ships. So any work that's occurred on the Idris has been hidden in there. So it's very possible you could get surprised with a with a flyable Idris in quarter four or or whenever, you know, or when Squadron forty two launches. So I'm rooting for you. I would love for it to be the Idris. I know it's not the Polaris, but I do want an update on the Polaris. I'm very excited about um the, the, I, I'm personally excited about um, us starting to get a flood of, of RSI ships. Yes. So uh, yeah. I think that's very possible. We'll get the Zeus. Mm-hmm. We already know the Apollo is in active production right now. The yeah. Polaris is in active production. They've told us they want Galaxy to be the first ship to bring on modularity. So mm-hmm. I think the Galaxy will be coming. I think we're about to see uh, an 8 to 12 month possibly 16 month sprint of not, of a lot of rsi ships not yeah. nothing but rsi ships uh, but a lot a of lot. rsi ships yep i i as hope. long as i get my spirits i don't i don't <laughs> bring them bring rsi out yeah. well i've got to ask you ender yeah. your favorite your favorite spirit i'm curious e1 okay um, the executive or the, the executive classic um one. well yeah the 
that's the one that's most interesting to me. Don't get me wrong. I love the A1 because it can drop bombs. That's cool. We have a uh, lot of those. The though. bombs that it drops are cool. Um, yeah. You know, the car goes, okay, cool. Um, but <laughs> They've been told. To have this new gameplay loop yeah. uh, that to me seems really, really interesting. Um, if you'd asked me two years ago, hell, a year ago, are yeah. you going to be interested in, well, a year ago, yeah, probably, because the E1 was out then. Sure. Um, are you going to be interested in, you know, ferrying people around? I said, no, for sure not. Yeah, but the spirit for some reason the spirit kind of spoke to me about that because it's just six people and you get a mix master so there's like this RP gameplay that comes in with that that I mean I love yeah. I, I'm excited for so yeah yeah it's definitely the E1 and Grim I think I cut you off you were you were about to say something no, I, I was just going to say in regards to talking ship 2953 yeah. one of the in addition to a Polaris update one of the bigger things I hope they talk about, because I think it would benefit the community as a whole, is I really hope John Crew goes into detail about the huge changes that have been going on with the ship teams over the last um, 12 to 16 months. Yeah. And I hope he expands on that because I think, because obviously they added the Montreal team. I think there's already been rumors that there's going to be another ship team coming on board. So something is changing here. And what I think John Crew may speak to is new pipelines and procedures and production studios that are now part, part of the fold where, we're, where they're going to be able to increase ship output um, and catch up on some of this backlog. They may not say, say it in that blunt of terms, but I think... I think we may hear something about these new ship teams yeah. because they haven't spoken. They really haven't given us any details on the Montreal ship team at all. Yeah, um, just so, that existed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting. I, I think that's something that will be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good to, to up on too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Let me, uh, let me get into day two. Here we go. Uh, so day two, 9 a.m. doors open again, 11 o'clock character advancement. So that one I, was, I had to read a couple of times because I didn't really know what it meant. Um, but we explore the outlaw styles found uh, on the f mm, the frontier. Good Lord. It's so small for me, too. The on the frontier. The, yeah. the far frontier. The new technology is enabling our next generation of character customization. That's huge. Maybe aliens are in our future. Uh, and the much-anticipated arrive, uh, arrival of, uh, oh, good Lord, diverse. What's the last word? Koifier. Uh, Koifier. Koifier, yeah. Koifier. Uh, Got it. Hairstyles. Hairstyles. Hair hairstyles. There you go. Perfect. I love it. Um, 12 o'clock. I'm hoping it means beard style. Yes. That's what I'm hoping it means. We need facial hair. For. Uh, just to get some facial hair. Uh, All three of us on this show have, have beards. Yeah. And, and yeah, we but, are clean shaven in the verse. And that is yes. a shame. It's wrong. But it's just wrong. Um, but yeah, continue. I have something I'll add to this when we circle back around yep. to it. Quickly, yes. 12, 12 o'clock, life, uh, life in first person, 1 o'clock, taking flight. Uh, taking flight is specifically um, the actual star citizen flight experience and explore impending improvements. Um, living on the edge, I'm super excited about living on the edge. I'll hold my opinion on that, but just ways of living around the verse. Destination adventure, and then the closing ceremony into the after party. I'm shutting up. Grim Ender, take over. Oh, great. 
<laughs> well, um, one thing that would be pretty awesome to see in character advancement, I don't know if we will, but it's possible we could see maybe some of the cybernetic stuff. I would absolutely um, okay. love that to, to come about for okay. sure. I think we could see some of that. I think we'll see some of this character stuff. What I hope they do here is I hope they show us... They're, they're a little iffy with this panel where they sort of make it out like we're they're going to show off the outlaw NPCs and gangs and stuff that we'll encounter right. in Pyro uh, and yeah. beyond. But what I hope this is also going to be is a preview of the next iteration of the character creator. Yes. Um, and, and character customization for player facing, not just CIG facing, because sometimes they'll label things that say right there where it says our next generation of character customization. But what they actually mean is their internal tools. Mm -hmm. I hope this means the external tools that, that go to the player. I hope we'll see yeah. that. I think Star Citizen's player uh, character creator is, you can That's see they start. have yeah they see have they have big dreams there but it's a pretty shallow experience they, yep. um, I, and i hope something they really build out i know they have plans too and, and something they've been working on for a long time so hopefully hopefully that's what this panel is about what yeah, what, what um grim quickly on that piece what would be a good example of it being done well like in Boulder's Gate 3 and Starfield like like what do you hope yes. that this would accomplish like at least the closest example that you have that's a great question I haven't played Boulder's Gate 3 I've heard it's character customizer is incredible what I will say is um I feel like a lot of games right now are leaning into these like minutia detail of character mm -hmm. cu customization so they'll for example they'll have it to where you know you can change the secondary tertiary <laughs> pigment color of your pupil right and it's like that's that's great but you're using the same skeleton for every character or you don't allow beards but you allow me to put individual scar marks right here on yeah. my face i want broad stroke stuff that allows us to give our characters proper personality differences and identity differences from a medium third person camera position like we have in Star Citizen yeah. from behind. So for example, um, and not that, you know, those little details aren't important, they are, but but when your entire character bases are, are built off the same skeletal system, the same body structure, there's no differences there. Yeah. It, it, sort of, it sort of feels like, what's that saying, where it's like a, a mile wide but an inch deep? That's yep. sort of what the Star Citizen character creator feels like. And I'll go so far um, as, as saying that that's what Starfields feels like to me, too. Sure. Um, in my sure. In my limited amount of time playing with it, um, it feels, well, Starfields maybe feels like a mile wide and 10 feet deep, but what I want is a <laughs> yeah. mile wide, 200 feet deep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but for me, one thing I can say about this, and Ender, I'm sure would agree, we're big RPers. We RP yes. a lot in, in Warcraft and stuff. And yep. RP is actually our entire org concept is built around RP. As a matter of fact, when the yep. game is fully going, I think our guild, our org, will be more of a full-time RP guild. Oh, yeah. yep. So character customization is really important for us, just from storytelling, and, and uh, you know, from a storytelling perspective. So. I hope we see, you know, what they're bringing to the players in terms of character customization, not just NPC customization. Don't get Love me wrong. It. What we have now is good start, but uh, my character is like 60, 65, I think. Um, he's not a young guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. 
I don't want him to look. I want him to look like he's lived a, a life and just. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I. I'm tired. I'm old. Yeah. And and um, I'm ready to kind of not do a lot of the stuff I have done. Yeah. He's yeah. A, he's been uh, fighting the Tavara and so, fighting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, so. I don't want a character that my Starfield character. I tried to make him look like an old man, and I, I did okay. Graham, you saw it. Yeah. Uh, but he looks like uh, John Cena, and he still <laughs> looks like a yeah. model. Yeah. Just yeah. older. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I got the the old part, but he doesn't look haggard. He doesn't yeah. look. Yeah. I want to be able to get that age on my character in some ways, not in every way, but sure. I, like Graham said, the broad strokes of it. So see that age got it so Graham quickly back to you uh, the thing that you're most excited was it the character creation or was there another topic that you were most excited about for day two yeah I think um, it it, you know day two is a little bit of a toss up I think there's I think the two panels I'm the most interested in are actually taking flight and destination adventure um, taking flight just because I think that's going to primarily be about atmospheric control surfaces and what that's going to do to the game. I think that it, oh, atmospheric control surfaces, but I also think we're going to see the new quantum travel effects and new mm. quantum travel experience. Jump drive? I think that's going to be played here. So, um, you know, that's that's an important thing. That's how we get around the verse. So I, yeah. I'm excited to see that. Um, and then specifically with Destination Adventure, I'm excited to see these underground facilities. I'm actually yeah. kind of excited about those in general from a gameplay perspective. Um, I What I hope UGFs are, and I am a little confused on what CIG wants them to be, but what I hope underground facilities are, are a hub of activities and missions you can go to and take. So for example, I want to be able, if I'm in Pyro and I find a UGF on some moon, I want to land there and have a wide variety of missions I can take from there. Maybe there's FPS combat missions where a mission giver says, hey, we need you to journey down to level 14, way down underground. There's an incursion happening there. We need you to fight off the, you know, whatever. Or, hey, we have this this um, stuff that needs to be refined or needs to, this cargo that needs to be transported. I want a bunch of different mission sets to take place at these UGS because right now I feel like our missions are primarily just given to us via the Moby glass, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, through this UI panel. And I would love to be able to go to you, go to a UGF and kind of not knowing what missions are going to be available there. Yes. And those mission sets be different based off where the UGF is. Yeah. CIG Imagine. seems to have hinted that that's their direction, but they've never been super clear about it. And this sounds like exactly what they're going to talk yeah. about. So I'm excited for it. Imagine having a uh, being in a UGF and having an MC, NPC run up to you and say, hey, 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 look, I dropped a ball. I've got an executive that needs to get to Stanton. Exactly. Uh, and I Love need it. you to take him there. Can you can you please help me out? And you yeah. can decide. Yeah, I'll help you out or not. Shove off. Mm-hmm. Um, Love it. But that kind of emergent gameplay created with NPCs is, to me, exciting. Like I, I that's what I want from hundred percent. I also think UGFs could be a really good place for us to finally get really good usage for ground vehicles. So I hope yeah. yes. we've seen that a lot in the concept art. We've seen ground vehicles within the UGFs. Mm-hmm. So I hope that they they make that a point. So for example. 
here's a great example of a UGF needing a ground vehicle. You landed a UGF, let's say you go down five levels, and then there's a long tramway tunnel down this and you've got to get to the end of it. It'd be cool if you're able to drive your cyclone or your mule or whatever down there. Obviously you can't fly your ship there because it's a UGF facility. This is the 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 best example of vehicle usage that I can yep. think of. Yes. You know, other examples have been used before like inclement weather, uh, acid rain, stuff like that. But UGFs to me are a great test bed for actually bringing ground vehicles into yep. missions, like making them a requirement. Yeah. And then add patrols, add alien worms come out of the ground. Like you absolutely want to be able to strategize that last kilometer it takes to get to the UGF. Yep. Yep. 100%. Um, Ender, what are you most excited about for day two? Um, Honestly, I I like the uh, talk about planets that they're going to do. So that destination adventure is, is pretty exciting for me. Yeah, uh, I think what I'm most excited about is the um, character advancement. I, I'm yeah. hoping to see certain things, but uh, the one that I'm really going to watch with kind of bated breath is that destination adventure. Because what I'd like yeah. to see is something new. You know, they showed us a lot of Pyra. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if they've been working on anything else that they haven't told us they're working. On. And then all of yeah. a sudden, they're showing us that. So. Yeah. I'm watching that with a little bit bated breath to see if we get something that yeah. we didn't know yet. Yeah. Do y'all think uh, jump drives will be discussed on day two? Considering it's such a necessity for going through the jump points that are now live in PTU 321. But do y'all think jump I, drives will be part of the conversation? I didn't think about that, but honestly, they should be. That conversation should start up again. Yep. Um yeah i mean i think it needs to be discussed i mean there's there's a lot of open-ended questions about jump gates and jump points and stuff (laughs) that still need to be answered yeah um obviously taking flight is is somewhere where um that all could be talked about um that kind of stuff could also be talked about in navigating the verse a bit yep Yep. um so we'll see where it, it, it it shakes out but um yeah i see jump drives being something that does need to be talked about yeah yeah are we good to move on to F8C Lightning? Ender, you good? Let's, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no one's no one's pushed on time. I want to be respectful. <laughs> We're good. All right, all right. Let's let's get into uh, the hunt is on. So there's a lot to unpack, a lot to unpack with the F8C Lightning. Um, let's get let's get the facts out of the way. Then we'll get into some of the current debate or dialogue and then we will open it up for just general conversation oh man how do i even start this um so so (laughs) the fhc lightning you could acquire it one of two ways prior to this past week you could acquire it one of two ways you could become a wing commander and have spent ten thousand dollars on pledging um, and then you would get the base model of the fhc lightning for an additional $5,000 or a total of $15,000 spent on pledging for this game, you would get the Executive Edition, which is a gorgeous black and gold livery that is probably one of the best paint jobs in this game. Mm. So you would, those are the two ways. And then there's like a third way that we need to be very delicate with how we talk about it. The third way is a promise, quote unquote, 
It's a promise that, um, hey, if you finish Squadron 42, you would be given the F-8C. Now, I have heard it say the F-8A, the Alpha, and the F-8C is in Charlie. Regardless, you would get this if you finish Squadron 42. Okay. Those are the quote-unquote facts up to this point. And then last week happens. Now, you have all read my social medias at this point. You know how I feel about it. Um, they opened it up for the birthday. So we celebrated the 11th birthday of uh, CIG, this endeavor we have set on for Star Citizen. We celebrated it on Tuesday in one of their celebrations. They sent an email. We talked about it in the last episode. They sent an email to Wing Commanders and up and said, you know, hey, this is coming down the pipeline. You're, it's going to be an explosive, um, you know, birthday. And here's an image that you can decipher. And the deciphered image was the F8C Lightning. Well... <laughs> Enter the debate. They have uh, started a gold ticket and a platinum ticket process where everybody has the ability to pick up the F8C Lightning if they so choose. Let me go on record saying I actually support it. Not every gamer has the time to play the game to earn this gold and platinum status. We'll cover that in a second. And not every gamer has $15,000 or $10,000 to spend on pledging. I am of the mindset where I welcome everybody in the Star Citizen family to get the opportunity to fly this badass ship. There's a lot of lore with the F8C. It's how we combated the scythes, right? The Vandal scythes. It's how it is so much ingrained into what Star Citizen and Squadron 42 is. This was not the ship to gate. And I don't think it ever was. I don't think it was the ship to gate. Because again, they're offering it to everybody who beat Squadron 42. So there's the preface. There's the preface. Let's get into the article. I'll shut up for a couple of seconds afterwards, but here we go. Article. Happy birthday, Star Citizen, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the hunt is on. Yeah, there you go. There's the summary. Blah, blah, blah. The hunt is on. Your gold ticket, you go and you play the game and you can find it in any box. I actually found mine today, about two or three hours before this podcast, um, inside of a mercenary mission. Uh, in Crusader, it was like the first little small one SCU gray box when you go down the elevator for a Merc mission. I found it, I got it, turned it in, got access to it, shared it on socials, whatever. You have the ability of unlocking the chance to buy it on the pledge store. <laughs> All right, it's no difference than like the Pirate Edition Gladius or the Pirate mm -hmm. Edition Caterpillar, right? Like you have the ability to buy it. $300 for a six-month LTI that you can melt up to or $260 for lifetime insurance. That's war bond, which means new money. So they're making money. Yeah. And my buddy, Paul, <laughs> the Astro Historian, showed a very good image that they are making their money. Like th there's yeah. a, there is a very steep incline of profit um, since doing this event. So... There's that. But here's the debatable piece, and this is where I'll shut up. There's a platinum ticket that if you defeat a developer, 
which by the way, let me pause, such a freaking phenomenal idea. This was such a great idea, the marketing execution of it, the idea that I'm gonna pursue Glaxtica or Jake Acapella or Jared Huckabee or Tyler Woodkin, like I'm gonna pursue your ass, I'm gonna kill you so I can get this platinum ticket. It is such a great idea, but you go, you kill them, you get this platinum ticket, you turn it in and you're gonna get it for free with LTI. And I think that is what is crossing the line for some people. You spend 10,000 real life USD, real life dollars, but now in this month of birthday celebration, you could get it for free with the platinum ticket. So let me shut up. I think I've summarized this as best as I could add, delete, anything you want to, Grim and Ender. Um, but I would love to hear y'all's reactions to anything that I may have discussed uh, about the F8C Lightning. Well, um, I, I guess I can start. I um, I still think I'm kind of like absorbing some of the information and listening to what's being said in the community to sort of fully formulate a, an opinion I, I because I, I'm sort of right in the middle of it where I... Yeah. I, I think it was a really cool idea, and yes. and if the idea was to sell the F8C and to get people playing in game, it accomplished that. I'll give you a good example. Absolutely. I haven't done bunkers in a while because they've just been buggy. I go down there, the AI is acting weird, whatever. So it's been a while since I've done them. Yep. Um, but it got me back out into a bunker, and I actually had a little fun. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't totally working great. I had some server lag and stuff going on because the servers were getting hammered. But I actually had a pretty good, you know, pretty good time. And um, so it, it accomplished the goal of getting me to do something that I hadn't been doing for a while. That's I think that's yeah. always good for for Star Citizen promotions. And then two, I found a golden ticket wonka style and then i ended up <laughs> melting a ship to get the f8c so Absolutely. it got me to buy an f8c not with new money but it still got me to to make that purchase yep. so in terms of promotion wildly successful completely agree with you great yep. idea um however i think that it's i think it's always tricky when you attempt to do anything that could either rightfully or wrongfully be portray be portrayed as um, favorable to some and not favorable to others. I guess is a good way of putting right. it. Oh, hold on, I love it. Yeah, and uh, and I really have not read into all the information um, that's out there to see you know if if any of these accusations I'm seeing out there are true and a lot yeah. of the things that are kind of irritating people. I think there was a lot of different ways to do this though. For example, the the developers, maybe it wasn't um, maybe it wasn't a ship, but maybe you would have gotten um, access to exclusive paints by taking certain developers down, but maybe yeah. developers mm -hmm. weren't the only ways to get those things. So for example, one way I think, or one thing that they, they could have done that I think would have mitigated some of this controversy is if the platinum cards were also able to be found in loot boxes like the gold, but they were extremely rare. Like, mm -hmm. think of like getting a, a 1% percent drop in wow um yeah. right so for any world of warcraft players in there you know any <laughs> item that's kind of generically got the one percent drop rate you might farm that thing 80 times before it drops you know what i mean you might get so, it first who knows <laughs> you might get it the first i think that would have been an interesting way um, um or a better way of doing it than having this platinum version exclusively through 
um, getting a developer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, my personal opinion. Um, but, you know, again, taking it still, I'm, I'm still taking it all in. I think from a top level view, though, I think this was a really fun event. Yes. And I love that. I love them experimenting a bit. Yeah. For me, I looked at this as a little bit of an experimentation um, on ship selling, sort of like the Kraken's um, concept sale originally was back in 2018, where you had to write like like people that were interested in buying had to write like a story about yeah. how you would use the Kraken, and that would be what got you into the next line of like selection because it was so limited yeah yeah you had to write like a little essay i think it was they literally required you to write an essay explaining how you would use the ship in your org or or whatever yeah and i'm not even saying that that's a good way to go about it or that the f8s is a good way to go but they're experimenting and they're trying to see hey how can we make this just something a little different than it pledge pages up you know what i mean like what can yeah. we do here um well, you know yeah. to, to do something you know but i i don't know i think that um was that after the waves my dog yeah so i i think that also um i am against any sort of like any sort of things that limits the amount of money cig could possibly make um off of ship sales and the reason i'm against that is while CIG, it seems like they've made a ton of money with their 600 million raised. <laughs> um, talking to many friends in the game development industry that work at AAA studios, Ender knows I know quite a few that are very high level at very big studios, Bethesda included. $600 is not going to, or $600 million is not going to cut it for the long-term survivability of Star Citizen. Yep. They need to generate a lot more money and sustainable money. So I'm personally of the mind, whatever they can do to make money, do it. Yep. So I'm fine that the F8 was sold to people, that they gave you the opportunity to buy it. Um, I, you know, it doesn't bother me, but yeah, maybe there's ways to fix that in the future to where it causes less I think, hurt feelings. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the same boat Grim is in. I'm taking in a lot of information still learning things um about that other side uh you mentioned something you said you know galactica or jacob capella could yeah. be uh, out in the verse and that's who you're taking it from yeah. um i don't agree with that i think that honestly the community team in general shouldn't be a part of that kind of uh competition um because there's too much chance and, and, and you're leaving a lot of people and it's been said uh, you know there's too much chance that favoritism is going to happen uh, not that it oh, has because of their, their ties to the community yeah, already because of their it's ties to the community already um, and so I think taking that out of the equation and making it just the game devs you know what I mean not only are you getting to interact with somebody who is actively developing this game for a short period of time um but you're also taking the community out of it and you're yeah. making it so that people can't go, well, they're, they're playing favorites. Look at who's already got it. I haven't even yeah. seen this. Why do they have it? And you take that I, out I, completely right away. Well, let me go on I record. Do, just yeah, I do know some devs were playing, like actual I do devs. know devs are playing. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying in general, we shouldn't have the community team as part of 
That's interesting, yeah. I want to be very I want to be very clear and articulate here. I actually don't know which devs yeah. do and which devs don't. Yeah, I don't so know. I can't say that the community team, which in some studios are considered deve uh, developers and some yes, right. sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um, so I just want to be very clear with the listeners and the no, viewers. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't know if Galactica and Jack Pelga, Tyler Wicken. Sure, yeah, yeah. I actually don't know that. Yeah. That's why I mentioned that I'm still taking in information because yeah, same I don't here. know either. Um, but in general, I do think that they should be yeah. separate so, from those competitions. Yeah, and it's, I agree. Go on. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, gonna say I, I agree with uh, sort of what Texas is saying in chat and that yeah. the, the F8A, um, I think, would have been a better option for the concierge, to be totally yeah. honest with you, like the $10,000 backers. Um, look, yeah. they're supporting yeah, the game even in the a major 15. way. Yeah, and and when a lot of people like to use the words, you know, whale and and, and concierge <laughs> and stuff, but what they really should be called, and and I hate to say this, we're all collectively part of this, yeah. but yep. we're the funders of this game. Yeah. We're yeah. the investors of yep. this project. That's a better way of of um, saying it. And yeah. some investors have invested forty five dollars. They're still investors. Yep. There's some investors that have that have invested. Fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Just like in the stock market, if you invest into a stock, if you've invested fifty dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, the hundred thousand dollar investor should probably get a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit yeah. more return on their investment. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's totally fine in this era of the game where it's still, and it, you know, all these pledges are still an investor sort of. Um, money yeah. transaction, right? Yeah. And not really a sustaining uh, transaction. So just thinking of it in terms of just money that needs to be raised to support, to support the game, I think it would have been a great idea to give the concierge FAAs, the military variant. Um, I agree. You yeah. know, it's... Or even give the concierge people who have earned those two ships, uh, put a platinum ticket in their, you know what I mean, in their inventory. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, give them that platinum ticket. Let mm -hmm. them get, but that platinum ticket instead of being the F7C with a different paint job, which if I'm being honest, I prefer the current paint job. I'm, I'm good with that one over the, the platinum one. But yeah. if they'd have made that yeah. platinum ticket in F7A um, and it's going to be just as rare um, and difficult to get, then yeah, I think that would have been much better. Um, but I think they should have given one to, to those concierge levels who spent 10 and 15 grand uh to yeah. get those i'll yeah. i'll i'll say this though to kind of close out my thoughts on this if this whole experimentation that they're doing to try to find interesting ways to promote the game promote these highly sought after ships make some money which they should always be doing they're a business they <laughs> nope. need to be making money to be a responsible business how dare you <laughs> exactly taking all that into account and but still considering this experimenting on how to do this i'd rather them experiment on these single seat fighters these 200 300 ships i don't want them yes. experimenting on the idris nope. i don't want them making the idris come out and and the people that have invested 1600 into getting an idris and then experimenting with some random way anyone can get an idris because yeah. you're a content creator or because you have a <laughs> huge org that can help you seek out every loot box in the verse, you know, yeah. all, all these ways you can get around it. I would rather them do these experiments on these smaller ships. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think th that's how I look at it. Um, I think it um, allows them to think of 
much better ways to promote when not only bigger ships come out, but especially hull limited ships. Because you can bet your ass when ships like the Kraken and Idris come out that are hull limited ships, this has always been a concern of mine when Star Citizen. Take a ship like the Kraken. If they develop, if when they finally put the Kraken into active production, they are building a ship and putting all these time and resources into a ship that doesn't have many owners because it's hull limited. That's right. They're going to open it up, right? Yeah. There's going to be some promotion that happens with the Kraken and some of those bigger yeah. hull limited ships that allow them to get in more players' hands, right? And 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 this is that time for them to start experimenting with crazy promotions to sort of do that. You know what yeah. I mean? And 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 we should be somewhat okay with that because if, for example, if they've only sold total 800 Krakens because of all the limited waves over the last five years or whatever, or maybe it's 200 Krakens. I don't know how many it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the magic number is of sold ships to get them to want to even put the time and resources and right. overhead into producing that ship. Right. Yeah. And I don't really give a damn what that number is, but I want them to hit that number because yeah. I want my ship. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I don't want it to sh I don't want it to sit on the shelves at CIG yeah. just because there's not enough people that own it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I am okay, for example, as a Kraken owner, I am okay when the Kraken releases them coming up with some sort of promotion maybe a little different than this F8 one, but some sort of promotion that allows it to get into more people's hands in yeah. a fair way, in a fair way. Yeah, I think a good example, um, you know, for listeners, viewers of this podcast, maybe you're new to Star Citizen, but like the Javelin is $3,000. There's not a lot of people that have spent $3,000 on video games their entire lifetime, much yeah. less on one game so if you're going into this with the premise that you know the only way to get a javelin is with three thousand dollars and pledging three thousand dollars that's probably not going to be the case why would a company spend time resources assets to build a three thousand dollar ship if only those that can afford it with real money buy it yeah. So yeah, yeah. set your expectation that there's going to be a way to earn it. Now, it might be super rare. It might be super hard. Yeah. It might be the 1% loot box that Grim and Ender were talking about. It might be this random, like the invincible horse that the Lich King rode in on in yeah, World of Warcraft. Like, it might be this like very impossible thing to like loot, but expect there to be a way that most gamers have the chance. Yeah. Right? Like, imagine a 18 year old wanting to fly the javelin they don't have three thousand dollars to spend on yeah. getting this or the idris which is i think like 1500 or whatever it is uh yeah or I think 1400 Some, yeah something yeah, like, something that. like that. uh yeah. kraken is somewhere up there as well three thousand yeah. uh or two thousand so anyways yeah. the, the point being is like i would just set your expectations like the f8c to grim's point was it a phenomenal example of like look we need to get this in more hands it's it's a paramount fundamental ship to the lore to the, the foundation of what star citizen is let's just see what happens and i think the ticket system was a phenomenal way to do it yeah. I, I, I truly do. We can debate the 
whether or not so this is t- to Ender's point I have to do my own research because I'm seeing people sell the gold tickets and sell yeah, there's a lot of selling going right on. like well that doesn't feel right <laughs> like it that, yeah. right on so like eBay, I think, uh, on, on eBay on eBay right now I think yeah. uh, gold tickets are listed for about $60 a piece right like that needs to be ironed out you should not be able to get an Idris like an Idris well, because of a $50 Ticket. Grim mentioned something. Uh, we were talking about that exact thing. Grim mentioned something earlier about um, you know things being soul bound the way that they are in uh, World of Warcraft, where they're account bound. You mm. you can't and you can't even pass them character to character. Yes. Um, yes. They're soul bound to you. So um, I think that that's definitely something that they should do in the future. Uh, I shouldn't be able to hand my ticket over. I've I've seen a lot of people just giving away tickets, and I approve of that wholeheartedly. Be able to give your ticket away in-game and not sell it somehow. You know what I mean? There should be a way. Absolutely. And and, and it's kind of funny I even was thinking that because I'm usually against soul buying like soul bound items like i actually don't yeah. like it in wow you know what yeah. i mean i want to be able to just trade and sell everything on my whim but yeah. things related to real money transaction like like promotional stuff like this yeah i could see an argument for soul bound tickets yeah. for example you know yeah. um i just don't think people should be making 60 dollars off of yeah, I just, I do just your side eBay. hustle, but don't. <laughs> yeah, I just checked eBay while we're 100%. talking. There's probably about 25 to 30 on there, and they range from lowest I've seen is 45, and the highest I've seen is like 90 to 100. Yeah, and, and you know what? Those 90 to 100 just need to take that stuff off of eBay and then start selling feed pictures. Like they're going to make. <laughs> Open well, an OnlyFans. Yeah. Do side hustle. A little, <laughs> do something a little better. Uh, yeah. But don't. I personally think that selling those is is really a disservice to uh, the people who could earn them. Like, why am right. I, Why are you paying sixty dollars when you can go in the game? For, yeah. You know, and remember, and get it. Two, two, two so. important two important points to remember too. Um, one is that they've tried out kind of strange promotions ahead of ship scale sales before they remember they had that um time where they sort of gave out was it the star runner where they gave ships to the ptu to like popular streamers star and stuff um, was uh, star yeah. ahead, and was they gave them star. ahead of the people that had pledged for the ships in the ptu yeah. it was a disaster and it they got a lot of bad press for it and they haven't done it since they they learned from that mistake right yeah. now is there an argument to be made that they should have known that that was going to happen? Maybe, but regardless, they haven't made the mistake again. I look at this the same way. Hopefully they, they, they experimented, they tried something, maybe they'll learn from some things they didn't like about it. Maybe, you know, maybe next year they will be soul bound, who knows? Um, Or maybe they just like, you know what, this went exactly as planned. The last point I'll be, I'll make is I know there's, there's a lot of controversy going on right now in that we're star citizen developers and or CMs, deliberately targeting um, big streamers streams in order to generate views it's possible I really don't have all the information to to make that claim or not make that claim and even if it is true I don't I still don't know if I think it's good or bad because as someone who's who's worked in marketing for going on 24 years now I can tell you that's just marketing nowadays yeah Yeah. Um, it's it's you know targeting influencers targeting streamers it's being done by every brand 
in every business sector in the world, from cosmetics to movie reviews to uh, headphone product, every single yep. thing is targeting um, is targeting streamers, influencers, people that play the game, whatever. So no matter what your viewpoint is on on that, that's just how marketing is done now. And I'm not saying I'm pro or against it. I'm, I'm part of the marketing industry. I've had to kind of go along with it. Yeah. But we should all get used to that because it ain't going anywhere. Right. Um, that is just how marketing works. It would actually be irresponsible if CIG was not doing that from a marketing perspective and targeting those content creators because that is how marketing is done and yep, you see yep. it in every single game you know world of warcraft isn't doing drops now streamers can do drops right drops have become a huge thing yep. many other games are doing it starfield was giving out early release copies to streamers because they knew those streamers would would build up the game it's just how things are done in marketing now it's yep. not cig's fault it's the marketing industry's fault so um if if you have any issues with that approach it's more of an issue with how marketing is done today not specifically cig yeah it's a really good call out uh it's a really good call out i i'm actually gonna wrap this up we, we're yeah. at the two hour mark uh so first off we're not live or we're not recording a podcast next week so this is perfect two episodes in one and, and what part one part two that's that's <laughs> right and what greater like i am in the presence of juggernauts and i want to say thank you to both grim and ender thank you so much for being part of this show part of the endeavor part of the conversation part of my onboarding into star citizen as i've been able to play with the tools and get into what y'all have created so i want to say with a sincere Thank you uh, for what you have done for this community and what you continue and will do for the community. So thank you so much. Um, and with that, any last words, any last words from our two special guests, Grim, anything? I would just say thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Uh, I, and, uh, you know, Star Jump is all about making connections with other people on the content creation side and the, just the general community side that share our same ethos and Absolutely. friendly approach to others are are welcoming uh, we, we very much are welcoming to new people coming into the game and, and, and yep. newbies as it were yeah. so any anyone that is front facing like that that's that's really trying to be a, a positive influence on the community are people we want to be connected with and and um you know beyond the versus is a show that i've been watching for a while i've already told you that and we and and um i knew from the get-go you know we definitely need to link up with you at some point so it's been fun to be on means the world to me means the world and there anything any, any last words uh keep an eye on star jump uh, let's in go the future i think we've got <laughs> some big stuff coming out but yep. also um uh, you know keep an eye on beyond the verse because yeah haven't seen it if this is your first episode don't pay attention to to me and grim here it's, it's actually a really <laughs> great show so. i i appreciate um, that i appreciate that but yeah so so for those patrons who are listening and watching beyond the verse and this is your 28th episode with us um who don't may not know who star jump is or if they want more of grim or more of ender grim where can they find more of star jump or you as an individual content creator where can they find you on the socials 
Yeah, so um, definitely go to, to YouTube and just type Star Jump. We are going to come up probably the first thing or type Star Jump Star, Star Citizen. We will definitely come up. Yeah. We have cinematics on there. We have Star Jump Station show, which is a discussion show. We have Fleet Builders. We have our Star Jump Shipyard episodes, which deep dive ships. Go check that out. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Me and Ender also stream. Uh, so you can catch us both on Twitch, obviously. I am Starjump underscore Grim on Twitch. We also have a Twitter. It's just at Starjump, uh, at Starjump org yep. on Twitter. Uh, follow us on there. I do a lot of like our latest uh, posts and stuff uh, right through there. So, yeah. Yeah. Ander? Uh, like Grim said, I stream on Twitch. So twitch.tv uh, underscore or Starjump underscore Ender. Sorry. Um but definitely go to YouTube, like Grim said. Yeah. Uh, Grim has done an amazing job. He's he's downplaying it right now, uh, <laughs> but he's done a really amazing job on those cinematics that he has put out. Yeah. I know he's currently doing work on another one, so definitely take a look at those. But take a look at the other shows that we do as well. I think. Uh, and uh, and I would so, say try to follow all of our channels if you can, absolutely. because we do yeah. put out different content on different channels. So, for example, on Ender's Twitch um, is where all of the charity stuff goes through he does a big charity push um and is it march and april ender or is it april, march and, april and november um, in november i do i do yeah. november and then i do uh st jude play live yeah so um big charity pushes um obviously star jump related but really in, headed up completely by Ender so um, you know all that's on that channel other stuff happened on my channel different things are put out on the YouTube so try to follow us on all our, all our platforms to get kind of everything yeah absolutely well like I said true blessing um, again if it's your first time listening to Beyond the Verse follow us on all things social it's btv underscore cast uh you can email us at contact at beyond the to become part of the conversation otherwise i hope this finds every single one of you well safe travels as you traverse beyond the verse take care everybody thanks everyone <laughs>